Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This one goes out to you, Jimmy. Jimmy, we just want to say from the Jim Jack podcast, from the bottom of our hearts, we will all always love you. But for one special Jim Jack podcast host, this song actually goes out to <laughs> someone else, and that's Gus Bradley. Very close to his heart. Mr. Hunter Evans is the biggest Gus Bradley apologist that you've ever met. He actually shaved his head to look like him. That's I, not true. That's right. I'm, I'm run. I'm trailing that Gus bus, but I'm, I'm still trailing it, you know? You can see it's dust cloud. Yeah. It's, it's up there somewhere. Yeah, I'm still there. I'm, I'm following you, Gus. So, now that we've had our bit of shenanigans to start the show, we would le- legitimately like to say, welcome to the Generation Jaguar podcast. This is our ninth episode now. I can't believe it already is number nine. Things have really been flying by. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This week, we're going to be heavily focused on Jimmy Smith. Because it is Jimmy Smith week. If you've been hidden under a rock or you're just not a very good Jaguar fan, uh, Jimmy Smith is going to be inducted into the pride of the Jaguars this Sunday when the Jaguars take on the Vikings. So that's super exciting. It's been a long time coming for Jimmy. Um, we all just love him. He's, he's easily one of the top three players the Jaguars have ever had. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, if not number one. And now he will be the, I believe, the sixth member of the Pride of the Jaguars. Because you've got Wayne and Dolores Weaver. Yep. And then you've got Tony Baselli, yep. Fred, Fred Taylor, Taylor, and now Jimmy. And Mark. And Mark. Yeah. And Mark. So it's starting to be a nice little list that we have up there. and uh, Starting to run short on candidates, too, though. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody up there right now is 100% deserving, no question. And uh, it's really exciting to see Jimmy get in. And again, you're listening to the Generation Jaguar podcast. This is our ninth episode. You can find Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar, on Twitter, at Generation Jag. Um, We have four hosts of this show. I know it's a bit much, but... We're going to give you the rundown. We've got Scott Klein over here. You can find him on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. We've got Grant Gunderson, who you can find on Twitter as well, at BoldCityG underscore. And then you can find Hunter Evans, our esteemed football coach, (laughs) co-host, at Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven. I feel like the further we go down the list, the more underscores there have to be. Right. I'm totally ruining that, though, with my personal stuff. I have no underscores, and I have no numbers. It's just my name, at Jordan DeLugo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that's D-E-L-U-G-O for my last name. Um, Again, you can find Jen Jag at jenjag.com. We cover all the latest Jaguars news, analysis... We have a fan group. We tailgate for every game. Why don't you go yes. ahead and um, tailgate or tell them about the tailgate for this weekend for Jimmy Smith? Yeah, we're we're working on some some great things. You know, obviously we want to we want to pay tribute to Jimmy. And there's also for those who don't know, it's it's kind of alumni week for the Jags. You know, bringing back yeah, there's fifty plus players, 50, right? 50 different players coming back to town. You know. All, all reminiscing in their playing days, and, and we're gonna we're, we're working on trying to get with some of those guys for Sunday and, and having a good time. And we're actually working with our liquor sponsor, Carve Craft Vodka, 
Only local vodka in Jacksonville. Yep, yep. yep. Distilled seven times in small batches. That's and right. it is delicious. So we're working with the guys over at Carve this week to do something a little special. Traditionally at our tailgates, you know, we have like our bar set up and we have mixers and, and we make drinks. But this week, we're not doing jungle juice. We're doing Jimmy juice. Jimmy juice. I don't know if I want to drink that. Well, <laughs> essentially, you do want to. You do want to drink it. I mean, if it gets me the stats, I'm down. <laughs> it's just going to be a teal vodka. It's, drink. It's, yeah, it's going to be a teal vodka based, like hodgepodge rum punch craziness. So come it'll hungry. get you drunk. Come hungry, come thirsty, <laughs> come join in, come 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 join the party and and snag one of our brand new Lockdown the Bank T-shirts, which we just released. That's Hot right. Fire. Um, we forgot to mention the Lockdown the Bank um, kind of movement for the last quarter of the season here. We have two home games left, and we really want fans to. Despite the team not playing well, just go out and show national audiences on TV and show the Jaguars, the players, show everybody. And we so, care about this team. Oh, absolutely. And we're here for this team. Just come out and show it and be loud. Be proud. Yeah, and if, if you're going out to a game, if you have one game for the rest of you, you can go to, make it this one. This one. Right. You're going to go out. You're going to see a team who we're going to talk about it later. I personally think it's beautiful. Um, plus, you get to see... The Jaguars? Of, yeah, they are very beautiful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> but no, you get to see an all-time great be enshrined forever in Everbank Stadium. It's going to be an awesome thing. And it's yeah. going to... We could come out, show them support, show them the love, show them how much Jacksonville really... You know, we remember him. We care about him. Do the, do and it'll be shown at love to the rest of the um, players, ex-Jaguar oh, players, yeah. former Jaguar oh, yeah. players to show up. Because, like, it's not just Jimmy. It's going to be uh, everybody. Yeah. Keenan McCardell. Yeah. You, you know, you're talking about Mark Brunel. You know, Fred Taylor, MJD, Tony Baselli. You know, and even some of the guys that were, you know, though they weren't, were only here for a few years, made a, a good impact. I like saw him Sean, like Desmond Howard. Yeah, Desmond, Desmond Howard. Sean Speaking Constantine. of uh, Mark Brunel, though. He's got something interesting going on pre-game this week, and not he does not he does. to uh, try to take anyone away from our tailgate, but um, he Brody Jenner's a Brody DJ now. Jenner, apparently, yes. if you don't know who Brody Jenner is, yeah, I don't, I, he's an MTV star. I believe he's the son of. Of course, I watch The Hills. I mean, come right? On. <laughs> he's the You're son. Done. You're out. <laughs> he's the son of Bruce or uh, Caitlyn Jenner, whatever. Yeah. So you yeah, call that person now? There's there's a big pregame tailgate party that's been circulating for months now, not just weeks, but months, about Brody Jenner DJing the whole event, you know, food, open bar, you know, it's like eighty bucks a ticket. Fred Taylor and Tony Baselli are gonna be there. I don't really know. I mean it's it's Brody Jenner. So what does it take to be a celebrity these days? Just knowing a famous person? Money. Is that it? Money. Money. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, don't go to that tailgate. Come to our tailgate instead. Drink some Jimmy juice. Uh, yeah, doesn't that sound appetizing? Even if you're only going to one game, you know, twenty five bucks to drink for free and eat, or twenty five bucks to drink and eat at our tailgate, still a lot. Cheaper. In addition to our brand new shirt. Yeah, and you don't have to see uh, Brody Jenner DJ. I don't know. Yeah, you also Who get to do that. You also get free Metro Diner, by the way. Just. Free if there's any Metro by the time I get done Diner. Life. Now that we've done our in, incredibly shameless plugs for our <laughs> tailgate, um, we'll give you a little bit of a rundown of what we're going to go over today. We have to go back, unfortunately, and look at the loss to the Broncos. There were some good things from the game. Mostly not good, though. Uh, why, why didn't we send Julius back to Denver with them for, like, you know, Paxton Lynch? I'm, uh, I'm just I do saying, not want Paxton. Lynch I'm just around. saying, like, but, just just give him Julius back. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say that the Gen Jag podcast and Generation Jaguar as an organization does not agree, agree with Grant <laughs> on that one. The following opinions that you hear on this podcast <laughs> yeah. are not the not the standard <laughs> Generation Jaguar. Exactly. Uh, we'll get into some news and notes, some weird things going on around the team this week besides just Jimmy getting inducted into the pride of the Jaguars. 
We'll get into an injury report for both the Jaguars and the Vikings, whom they're taking on this weekend. Uh, a lot of injuries on both sides. We'll get into Jimmy Smith week, talk about all our favorite Jimmy moments, just reminisce on when things weren't absolutely terrible. Uh, we'll take you around the AFC South. If you don't know, every team in the AFC South is tied for first place except for the Jaguars. Yay. All right. Any, any coincidence that Ric Flair is going to be at the game? Okay. I just think it's weird how much <laughs> random crap the Jaguars have put together for this game. So, like, Jimmy Smith getting inducted into the Pride isn't enough. They have to go get the all these former wrestling stars they, to have some sort of event with them, and then they've got to have Brody Jenner come out. Like they booked that's him weird. With, they booked him when Sergio Brown was still here, and they couldn't get out of it. They put a they put a deposit down already. <laughs> so I they were like, all right, fine. We thought we were going to get Sergio Brown and Ric Flair together. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's going to be our show for today. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of stuff. We only have one hour every week to bring you everything we've got. So quickly, let's get into the Cram it. recap of the Broncos game. Um, obviously, the Jaguars ended up on the wrong side of the score on that one. Uh, we got to start with Blake Bortles, unfortunately. Two interceptions. One was absolutely not his fault. It was definitely Allen Robinson's fault, who dropped the ball. Literally and figuratively. But... Blake Bortles' second interception of the day was absolutely Blake Bortles' fault, and it looked like too many of the interceptions have for Blake Bortles throughout his career. There's no offensive players, and <laughs> there's no offensive players on the screen, and yet he's throwing it right to a defensive back, and they're returning it for a touchdown. Which Blake Bortles now has, I'm sure a lot of you have seen, 11. Uh, pick sixes in his career he's thrown, and he only has 10, ten career, career wins. wins. So, and, and for what it's worth, too, to piggyback off that, you know, in practice, it seems that he's throwing interceptions. I mean, there was a couple pictures today from multiple news local news outlets that surfaced of Jalen Ramsey picking him off in practice. Oh, practice. So, so, so Jalen oh, so yeah, so can pick something up in practice. <laughs> Yeah, I talking mean, about practice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's but it just goes back to that point of you know, it's it's happening in practice, it's happening in games. Like, when is it not happening? Yeah, unfortunately for the Jaguars' defense, it's when the other offense is on the field. <laughs> but um, yeah, for Blake Bortles, it's just it's tough. It seems like he's totally lost his confidence mentally, but. He remains steadfast in the fact that he says he's confident. He says he feels like these next four games can be a real uh, jumping-off point for heading into 2017 but and trying to have I can say a I'm solid offseason. Yeah, I can I say mean, I'm going to win the lottery. But, but, but you know what, that. though? No, not even that. I think the thing is is that at this point, the pressure's off, right? Like We're, out of, we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. You know, there, there, There's no pressure... To continue to like win to keep us alive, like that pressure is off his shoulders. So of course it's easy for him and for, for you know for for him and Allen Robinson to have meetings to all of a sudden get on the same page. You know I I think that that pressure of of the postseason is off of them right now. So of course it's easy, but I I think honestly at this point Blake's just ready for the season to be done. I disagree I, with I, you I, yeah, regarding I that too. being easy because Blake Bortles. Is playing for his career right now. I say, I say, he's more, for his I say there's more pressure because he yeah. might not be in the NFL next year. Think, well, that's not true. Well, I, I mean, Bortles will absolutely be in the NFL next year. But uh, Bortles is playing for his job, and he's playing for confidence from the organization and for whoever the next head coach of the Jaguars is. I mean, yeah. it's to say it's easy or the pressure's off. If if the pressure is off of you as an NFL player, as a professional player even as a athlete of any kind, then you probably should stop playing the sport. Because in my mind, at two and what, eleven now? Two and ten. Two and ten. Two and ten. Woo, whatever. At two and ten, there to, to me there's almost more pressure. Because now you're in your head. You you're have lost ten games. Yeah. You you can't do anything right. <laughs> oh God, don't the, remind the us. The city doesn't like you. Everybody says you're a failure. Everything bad that could happen has happened. Like he said, it's a nightmare of a season. 
So to me, in that situation, there's got to be more pressure to perform the next four games, to not only come back next year and still be the guy, but to also have your reputation slash dignity as an NFL player yeah. intact. He's a, he's in an uphill battle to just save and, face. And, and let me yes. remind you, he doesn't live behind a gate. Like anybody could just drive up and egg his house if they yeah, wanted to. Well, so I'm surprised that we don't happened to be telling. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's possible. If uh, if anyone eggs Blake Bortles' house, it <laughs> you was not to us, <laughs> but it might have been. I someone, know a certain group that <laughs> it might have been someone with the initials GG. I'm not sure. I'm you not know what? Say any names. I am the biggest Blake Bortles advocate you will find. So why are you telling people? <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> telling people. I'm just saying. If you want to do that, that's on you. I can't no, control it. Here's no. where it lives. Yeah, exactly. I'm Blake not. Bortles' address is. <laughs> no, I'm not even going there. You guys are taking this way out of proportion. <laughs> My point to it is, he does. You know, most NFL players live behind, you know, some kind of gate or security. Yeah. You know, he, he lives in a in a place where he could walk to the bars. You know, and I think that may be well. part of the problem. But you know, it, it, I li, listen. I love Blake. Everybody, you know, like I think I want Blake to be the guy. You know, that's here for the next decade, two decades, whatever. And you know, so I hope that he's for his sake and for our sake and for my sake as a, as a Blake Bortles fan. I hope he can pull it together and and keep his job. Absolutely. So uh, <coughs> moving on from Blake Bortles, one player who had a really stellar 2015 breakout season to another player who had a breakout season in 2015 who's greatly disappointed in 2016, Allen Robinson. Like I mentioned yeah. before, he dropped a ball that got intercepted. Uh, really, it's a ball he should have easily caught, and it's a ball that would have put the Jaguars very close to uh, Pater, close to the end zone. He had another drop in the game that was clearly a play he should have made and usually would make, at least last season, which was a little, uh, it would have been a first down. He just ran a little out, his back shoulder throw, and he had the ball right in his hands. As soon as he hit the ground, it popped out. So Robinson really struggling. Do you, I mean, I, I don't know if he wants to be here anymore. Yeah. I think that you're overstepping and overstating. I, don't think, I so. think that he is not enjoying this season. And oh, he yeah, said that yeah. himself. Yeah. He's not enjoying this season. Well, no, no one is enjoying no this season. Enjoying season. Enjoying I don't it. think that you have any basis for saying he doesn't want to be here. I kind of get that vibe. Really? How? I, 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 Just look at this body language. Look around. How many people are lashing out? There's a lot of dudes that bad body language. And, and targeting fans. Uh, and targeting a, a, a city I, that they play in. All right. I am... One that does not like the lashing out at fans. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with it, but at some point, as fans, which everybody listening to this podcast and all of us are fans, at some point you've got to turn that switch off and maybe try and look at it from a point of view like an Allen Robinson or a Malik Jackson or somebody. When you are giving your time and effort, which they have to be. I mean, there's no doubt they do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's be objective. Yeah, when you're trying yeah, to think about. It. Don't, don't, be don't, don't be subjective. Subjective at all. Remove yourself from the situation and look at both sides. Right. How would you not somewhat criticize fans? Like I watched the game at home. I was not at the game. I was not able to be there. It was impossible not to recognize the fact that all you heard the whole game over the broadcast was "Let's go Broncos." It was, was bad. It was no, really I mean, bad, and that is on the fans. Yeah, no. I know the team needs to win, but when you show up to the stadium like I do, like Grant does, like Scott does a lot, like Hunter does a lot, and the entire visitor side of the stadium is orange. Not even the visitor side, like the whole stadium. The home it side was, was bad, but the visitor side was worse. It was such a point that every major news outlet made yeah. it a point. So and and so I go back to like like that's on us, right? Yeah. Like like forget about what the players are saying. Forget yeah. about what they're calling us out for. Like that's on us. And that is my biggest pet peeve. Like we as fans, if we're going to call ourselves fans, we have a responsibility, and that responsibility is to. Put butts in the seats, and be fill loud. the stands, and be loud. It's home field advantage for a reason. If we aren't giving our team that home field advantage, we have no right at all to say, "Well, oh, they're 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 being crybabies about this and yeah. crybabies about that." 
screw that. That goes out of the water when we cannot fill our own stadium. I agree. Period. I agree 100%. We have an obligation. Think of it as a marriage. Fan and wife, husband and wife, fan and team. We fill the seats. We support the team. Win, lose, or draw every Sunday. And if we can't do that, then, I mean, we're not holding up our fair share. I agree. We absolutely have the right to criticize, but that right is earned by showing up and by being loud and... Buying tickets. There's other teams that don't play good football, and their fans are a lot louder than ours. Yeah, well, you got New York City. It's going to be hard to not have more fans than Jacksonville. But look at Buffalo. That's a comparable franchise. Obviously, they have a lot longer history than the Jaguars. But they pack out their stadium, and they have awesome tailgates. We have awesome tailgates, too, obviously. But... When you go to Buffalo, you don't see 30,000 Broncos fans if the Broncos are in town. No, you take that as a a sign of disrespect. Yeah, I mean, the Jaguars fans, all of you listening, get your butt in the stadium for the rest of the season. And, you know, otherwise, in my opinion, you do have no right to complain about anything. Yeah, and and I mean, people who say, oh, all I want is a $10 ticket to go to the Bud Zone. Bull. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out on that because all the money that you're going to spend in the bud zone, you could put it half of that towards a ticket and be in the stands. And guess what? You can still drink beer. Well, I think the thing about getting tickets to the bud zone is more like, oh, it's cool. It's fun. It's the hip thing to do to go mm-hmm. be in the bud zone and just have a good time. I have, We have plenty of people that show up for the games. I don't think we have enough fans that are truly diehard Jaguar fans that are loud. I mean, I've sat in nearly every section of the stadium, and no matter where you are, there will be fans around you that are not loud, that are not cheering. And they won't stand up. They won't get out of their seats. They'll they'll ask you to sit down. I mean, you see it. How many times of the season have I... Told you like, damn, I'm sunburnt on something, yeah. and I have no voice. I have no voice. I'm sunburnt. Monday's miserable, but you know what? That's what you do for your team. every Sunday. I'm there. I'm doing it. Yeah, because this is my team. <clears throat> I support them. Yeah. Now that we've gone on our incredibly long rant about fans not supporting the team, yeah, uh, we need to move on a little bit. Um, a little bit more recap from the Broncos game. <clears throat> the defense came out and played perhaps their best game of the season. And we've said that several times. Several this times. Year. And they allowed barely over 100 yards passing, barely over 100 yards rushing, just a little over 200 total yards of offense. They only gave up one third down, uh, third down conversion, conversion yeah. out of 13 attempts by the Broncos. They stonewalled the Broncos. They gave up only 10 points. Three of those points came off of a Jaguars turnover. Yeah. Uh, so they really only gave up seven points when they had a fair hand. And to only give up seven points is just impressive. I don't care who you're playing against in the NFL. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the game plan is. Every team that comes in here, listen up. This is what you do. Play good defense. Play as good as defense as you can. Be conservative on offense and don't turn the ball over. You don't shoot yourself in the foot. You got a chance to make something happen and and, and beat the Jaguars. I mean, that's what absolutely. If you do nothing, that's that's basically what the Broncos did. (laughs) they did almost nothing on offense. I mean, here's the stat line: fifty-four plays, which is what 12 12 plays a quarter, maybe roughly two hundred yards, fourteen drives with about three point eight yards a play. A play. A play. That's um, terrible. Only two red zone attempts. Only 25 minutes of possession. They had one, what, defensive touchdown. Yeah. Hmm. The so, Jaguars' gosh. offense outplayed the Broncos' offense by a long shot. Couldn't find the end zone enough. Couldn't be And they gave the ball away two more times. And three turnovers. Three turnovers. Yeah. It just goes, yeah. It goes back to garbage time, like. Between the 20s, we can do everything we need to, but you get inside that red zone, we look like a, a, a bull in a china shop like well, the, a Davian clown. Here's yeah. the only problem. 
zero red zone attempts for the Jaguars. Exactly. Yep. Zero red zone attempts. And it, uh, our it, longest play from scrimmage was 22 yards. Somebody and that was a run by Blake Bortles. Bortles run. Somebody yeah. in the bold city isn't being bold enough. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> nice. I like that. That was a good one there. <laughs> Zinger. All right. Um, there's not too much more you need to get into. The offense isn't getting it done. Blake Bortles is playing the worst football of his life. Allen Robinson is not playing good football, uh, and the Allen defense. Is hurt. Yeah, the defense is the defense is doing everything they can besides forcing besides forcing turnovers. Forcing, That's the I will only say, thing forcing Derek. Special teams, as far as kicking, is solid, but coverage yeah, has terrible. been atrocious. Well, and that led to Arthur Brown being released this week. Yep. Um, they're trying to do anything they can right now to get better at coverage on special teams, and they need to. It's it's not been pretty. Every everybody on offense owes Cinderic Marks a, a plate of bonos. Why is that? Because like it's our defense has been doing everything. I would say ninety nine percent of that has nothing to do with Cinderic <laughs> yeah. Marks. Well, I'm just saying. That's they, just me. They, though. Hey, He's you know what? Feed the feed the defense then a yeah. plate of bonos. I like, would say more like Malik Jackson. Oh, yeah. dude. Or Malik, young $90 million. Jalen. But you know what, though? Ma- Malik, Malik, yeah. Malik is doing it right. Like, he's he's doing everything. Like, if you look at his Instagram, like, he's in the gym. He's running. He's sweating. He's working. He's going to the recovery zone. You know, he's, he's doing his recovery stuff. He's, he's keeping his body in check yeah. and doing what he needs to do. I think the whole defense, despite <clears throat> being... Stuck with a terrible offense. The whole defense, I think, really is kind of coming together and building camaraderie. You had a pretty good core. And they, yeah. when they talk to the media about their what they're doing, they're all excited. They're all happy. Obviously, they don't like losing, but they realize, just like we do, they've got something special. Oh, yeah. The wall. I think oh, yeah. it, I don't know how much it, you can really see it on the broadcast necessarily, but when you watch the coaches' film and the sideline and the end zone camera, yeah, there's a certain intensity that when the defense is on the field, and Absolutely. it it generates out. over onto the sideline because you can see after a play's made, there's five or six coaches jumping up and down, freaking out. Even Gus Bradley this weekend seemed to be getting pretty hyped up on the sideline after a couple plays with the dark circle. And it's of course like, Gus Bradley. <laughs> 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 All the coaches, they're they're getting excited. Like they're they're happy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just Bradley you know with his dark I'm going to call you out every time. I am, I am trying to be as positive as I can. I don't like being negative towards the team I like. So if, yeah, if, if you're so positive on the Gus bus, if you're if you're that first passenger on the Gus bus, what would you think about him moving to defense? No, 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 that's on the list. That's different, though, right? No, no that's listen, that's completely different. Listen, I will no, be defensive coordinator. Before no one else play. needs to talk about this. <laughs> Gus Bradley is not going to be the defensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2017. <laughs> no. Bottom line, no. So Nothing else say, needs to be said. So that's it. He won't. That's it. But all right, we need to move on. Yeah. We, we're getting behind here. <laughs> We need to get into some of the news and notes from this This week. episode has just been all over the place. <laughs> the NFL Network, and I believe it was David Carr specifically, thinks Tom Coughlin is a quote-unquote perfect fit for the Jaguars. Now, I'm all Amen. for bringing back Tom Coughlin in some capacity. Um, I don't know I, if he's I, a perfect fit. Fit, but yeah. I, I kind of get where they're going. They're saying I, this is a young team that needs discipline. Tom Coughlin can bring that. I, I look at it like this. You know, when you look at what he did, he was here. I think his hand was too far into the GM cookie jar, if you will. Well, he was the GM. Yeah, I mean, he was the GM, and I think that's the wrong move for him. But I, I think, think that's what he wants. That's what he – well, I don't, I don't know think, now. No, I don't forward, think now listen, what he wants. He has said that he wants to run a team. He wants to be – This offseason he said he, he wants to well, run a team. He wants to be the guy moving the pawns. He doesn't yeah. want to be the guy necessarily leading the pawns. Well, okay, but I mean even then, I mean I think if you – he spent this year serving the, the league office in some sort of front office role, and I think that could really play to our benefit. But imagine, can you imagine if you had a guy like, say, John Gruden – as the head coach, and and had Coughlin in you know in in some sort of front office role, 
not necessarily as GM, because I think Caldwell stays. I think we can all agree on that, that well, at least for the time being, he's going to stay. I don't know that. Yeah, that's very up in the air, I feel like. I think that's probably... I think I would lean more towards the idea that Caldwell is staying, but I can't say with any confidence that he definitely is staying. Yeah. Um, now, whether or I not you want... Stays. You, you say he's I, I'm going to put my money down and say Caldwell's here next year. Yeah, yeah. I think he will Just, be too. But I mean, look at his draft picks. He might have missed on a couple free agents, but he he got us Jalen. He missed. He missed on a lot of first round. Essentially, talent. the entire 2013 draft class was a miss. The 2013 draft class was a miss for everybody, except and potentially for his his first round, his uh, number three overall quarterback. I mean, I I completely okay. agree, but that's another conversation for another. Dante Fowler, he's coming on. He's playing. He's playing better. Caldwell gave, us Caldwell gave us Jalen. Caldwell we gave us Yannick. Caldwell gave us Malik. I mean, seriously? We've done this before. Yeah. He's got. He's not a perfect GM. That's the bottom line. He's not infallible. So many people just think everything he's done is sunshine. He's better than Gene Smith. Gene Smith is the Literally, worst GM yeah. in the history of football. He's better than Gene I'm Smith. I'm just saying. You can't just say that he's better than Gene Smith. That's a terrible comment. Anybody could be better than Gene Smith at GM. That's ridiculous. <laughs> now, moving on. Blake Bortles and A-Rob, as we touched on earlier, had a one-on-one meeting this week. Or I think the uh, uh, OC might have been there too, Hackett. But yeah. they got together and had what they called a like irregular. Like, it wasn't a run-of-the-mill meeting that right. quarterback and receiver have mm-hmm. on a regular basis. I think it's odd. It's obviously based on a, the the clear the clear lack of chemistry that's being established this season. But they talked about things you would think would be talked about on a weekly basis, and things you would think you would, would have hope. been figured out heading into the season, such as what route trees Robinson's running, what routes he's excelling at what's not working what is working that's something i don't i don't understand the whole yeah. meeting but it is what it is um I, I don't understand it either you know again like you said i think it would be something that's mentioned on a, on a weekly on an ongoing basis not even a weekly basis just yeah. an ongoing basis to keep that chemistry there but i you, you bring up a good point in hackett he's a in my opinion he's a wild card for the head coach spot no, nope. I don't see that one bit. Don't see it one bit. I'm just saying he's a wild card. That's all. Wild card. <laughs> yeah, it's Charlie Kelly. I mean, yeah, it, it would totally be a wild card. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. So Hunter, Hunter's going to be slipping them ten dollar bills here and there. <laughs> we need to get into I, the injury report. Um, we got to plow right through this. We are behind schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so Alan Hearns still isn't practicing with his hamstring. Julius Thomas still isn't practicing with his back. Um, Jared Audrick's still out. Peyton Thompson, he has not been practicing this week. He has an ankle injury. He's a key special teamer and backup safety. Denard Robinson also sustained an ankle injury, and he hasn't been participating in practice this week. But the biggest, in in my opinion, the scariest – non-participant in practice is Brandon Linder. Mm-hmm. He's the Jaguars' best offensive lineman by a long shot, and they're going up against a talented defensive front. They're going to need every man they can get. And uh, that's not good, but fortunately for the Jaguars, the Vikings are... They've been hit with the injury bug as well. The Jaguars have been hit with the injury bug, and I said this in an article earlier. The Vikings have like an inju- injury c- catastrophe. catastrophe yeah. It's like, terrible. Uh, they lost their starting quarterback. They lost their starting running back, both of whom are uh, well. Bridgewater's not one, a league one's yet, a but future. Adrian Peterson's perhaps the best running back of all time. Then they've lost three offensive tackles. That's brutal. Two of which were Pro Bowl caliber players in Khalil and Andre Smith. And they went and got Jake Long, and he got he got injured for the rest of the season too. So they have a bunch of injuries. And now you can add Harrison Smith to that list. That is who huge. Is there. That's huge. All pro free safety, oh, strong safety combo type guy. He can do it all at the safety spot. 
And uh, they might also be without Sharif Floyd, their defensive tackle from oh, Florida. Well, you know, I was never big on Floyd, but he's, he's, a, he's, he's a, a good, good football player. player, regardless of whether you're they big are, on him or not. They are a much. He's a good player. They are much less scary, although you still still gotta, scary. Still scary. You got those beast linebackers from UCLA back yeah. there. You've got Everson Rudolph. Well, well, yeah, that's offense, on offense. Yeah, yeah. we were <laughs> talking about their defensive front, well, but yeah. just the team in general. Um, yeah. I mean. When when you have a guy like Linder out potentially, when you're when you're starting a guy with Shatley who's been on the team, um, who's yeah, Hunter's who's a big well. fan of Shatley. He loves Shatley. No, yeah, Shatley's great. Yeah. I mean, Shatley you can kind of do it. He's all here on for a reason. Line. I think Shatley's your swing guy at every position. Really, he's he's a guy going back last year that I was actually kind of surprised did not play more. Yeah, um, Shatley's he's a great player. He's He's a solid, I wouldn't say necessarily a solid backup. I think he could be more than that. But he's just got to find out what his niche is in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully he can at least, uh, if that's, a, again, a big if, if Linder can't go, Shatley hopefully can fill in. And obviously Sharif Floyd maybe not being there for Vikings could help out with that as yeah. well. Um, so both teams super... Super bad injury things going on for both teams, and uh, it could be a really ugly game to watch against two teams that have combined to lose 13 out of their last 14 contests. Oh, God. Man, they've been on this. It's incredible to even say that. Yeah, they've lost six of seven. The Jaguars have lost seven of seven. Weren't they the last undefeated team in the league? Yep, five and up. Yeah, they were five and up. How the mighty have fallen. (laughs) Yeah, for real. It just goes to show you what injuries can do to your team. But it's all the way up to the head coach. I mean, Mike Zimmer with his detached retina. He's been out. Right, yeah. Yeah. Even their head coach has been injured, which he has been cleared to come to Jacksonville. And fly with the team. He doesn't have to drive this time. Right. So, again, this is the Generation Jaguar podcast. Uh, You can find Generation Jaguar online at genjag.com, on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. And on Twitter, at Generation Jag. Remember, we've got Hunter Evans over here, who you can find Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven on Twitter. That I feel like I'm going to mess that up nope. every single time. <laughs> you won't. I still have nope. it. I have I've confidence in you like I got in Gus. Oh, well. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll actually <laughs> earn that confidence. I think you're a lot better. Like, at least 9% better than Gus Scott Bradley. thinks I'm at least 9% better than Gus Bradley. And you can find him on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. You can find Grant on Twitter, at BoldCityG underscore. Blake's biggest fan. Blake's biggest fan. Self-proclaimed. You can find me, Jordan DeLugo, at Jordan DeLugo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So now that we've gone over all the depressing, depressing Jaguars news and injury news, we can get into something that's just totally awesome, which is, again, we touched on this at the beginning of the show. Jimmy Smith is going to finally earn his way into the pride of the Jaguars. Now, Jimmy has had a long road into the pride of the Jaguars. He has never, ever, and no one will ever question this, he was absolutely on the field for the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. He deserved to be in the pride of the Jaguars before he retired. Jay Smooth. Yeah, Jay Smooth. Jay Smooth. But he had some off-the-field issues. He's overcome those as of late, and he's regained his status as a uh, positive member of the community. And he's done an amazing job getting himself back in the right place. And uh, we don't want to dwell on the negatives with Jimmy. We've got enough negatives with the current Jaguars. But Jimmy Smith, my goodness, what a player he was. Him, and you can't really mention Jimmy without Keenan. Thunder and Lightning. Lightning. They were just something else to watch together. That was was Let's get into... um, Can you, for just a second, can you imagine if we had... Modern day, or you know, modern day receivers. So if you had Allen out wide, you, you know, Hearns and Robinson out there, and you had Jay Smooth, <laughs> I don't think there's any way that a team would be able to assemble that. But, I mean, yeah. really, um, even with Jimmy Smith, I think this offense would still be a dumpster fire this year. <laughs> no, have no criticism towards Jimmy, but it's tough this year. Um, but moving on back to Jimmy, let's get into. 
each of our favorite Jimmy Smith moments. Let's start with you, Hunter. My favorite Jimmy Smith moment is a little personal. Um, that my grandmother is actually was Jimmy Smith's um, realtor. Helped her, helped him buy a house, and I was given a signed football from him. I guess, and what's a chance to meet him? And that was it's pretty cool when you're eight years old and. Yeah. Somebody like that is... Those know. type of things are kind of larger than life at that age. Like, at, you just I mean, don't even understand. Like, who needs Superman oh when you got Jimmy Smith yeah. doing a football? So, that's right. That's my moment. So, uh, Hunter's got a personal moment with Jimmy Smith. I think that's totally awesome. I, I just remembered I had a personal moment with Jimmy, too. Uh, one day after practice, he threw me his sweatband, and I wore that sweatband in my flag football game for about like two mine. years. But my actual Jimmy moment that I had planned out prior to this segment happening was his 296-yard day in 2000, the second week of 2000. Or excuse me, I think it was 291 yards. It was. Yeah, 291 <laughs> yards against the Baltimore Ravens I think in 2000. Grant's time too. He. He's got a top 10 game of all time. In that game, he had 291 yards and three touchdowns. That's unreal. He's done all sorts of other crazy things that we're going to get into here a little bit. Hunter will have a whole bunch of crazy stats <laughs> that Jimmy's put up for you. But, uh, Scott, what's your, what's your Jimmy Smith moment? Mine's personal, too. I'm kind of selfish. so I, of course. I'm Scott is a hard. selfish bastard. I always remember my friend uh, had tickets right over the tunnel that they would run out on, and he would always throw his gloves up here, and I would just hope one day, one day I might get the gloves. And he po- I remember one time he pointed me out, and he was like, hey, here you go, tossing me, and I think I still have those gloves. Um, you better. You better I still have those house. gloves. I They're like choke, in a glass case. They cannot be touched. You. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. They're mine. But no, I just, I always remember he always, you know, he made sure... That you know, he'd give out, give away everything. He'd throw yeah. his shoes out there. He cared about the fans. Yeah, yeah he wanted he to give, give something back to the people that that cared so much. And it's just, it's so cool that he made an effort each day. He could even after a loss, he'd still come. Hey, what's up, guys? Here you go. Yeah, just just little stuff like that. And it yeah. just that's that's the kind of stuff that stick with me. Yeah. So he gave me gloves. You're pretty cool. I like you, Jimmy. Thanks. So Jimmy has affected all three of us so far on a personal level. What you got, Grant? I, I don't I well, all right, I'll go my personal level uh, real quick was back in the two thousand and fourteen season when we had the alumni game, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell. That was a really cool moment. That was a that was a cool moment and for me that was my first and only season actually as media covering the team. And I was it was after the game, I saw them in the hallways, headed to the press conference, they both snapped a picture with me. That's you know, awesome. got to talk to both of them. So that was a really cool personal moment. You know, Jimmy and I have kept in touch ever since. But my favorite Jimmy Jimmy moment um, has to go back to February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety five. Now I wasn't even born then. Oh my god. What? Me and oh Scott and Hunter are so old. <laughs> I was not oh even born god. in this moment. Right? Wait, but what I, year? February 28, 1995. I was not even born yet. I was like, wait, <laughs> what year were you born? 95. Okay, just not in February. Not February. Wow, okay. I was five. <laughs> holy moly. <laughs> Anyways. But on that day, Tom Coughlin was sitting at his desk inside what was, you know, Altel Stadium, and he got a package from Jimmy Smith's mother, and it was a binder full of of just different newspaper articles and press releases and clippings and just different mementos from over the years. And he looked at that and then he said, all right, I'm going to give you a shot. You know, you're going to, you're going to have a tryout for this team. He made the team and in 1995, he was the, the club's leader in kickoff returns and fifth in receiving yards. So that was a decent decision. What do you think? Like that was an amazing <laughs> decision. Even though I was not on this earth yet, it was an amazing decision. Just the way, like, the stuff he's battled through. Oh, yeah. He, when he was with the Cowboys, he had, he broke his leg. I think he, I believe broke he broke his, his leg. leg. He, he had, a had some severe injuries to start his career. He had a, a lot of people probably don't know this. So he was with the Cowboys and the Eagles yeah. yes. prior to coming to Jacksonville. Absolutely. He joined the and he came to the NFL in 1992. He was barely highly thought. Which again, of. I was not even born. Right, he was a second round. Well, pick. all of us were barely even born. <laughs> he, was, he was supposed to be the guy opposite Michael Irvin. 
Right. That's yeah. how highly he thought of, he was thought of. Right, yeah. and he has two Super Bowl rings with the yeah. Cowboys. And uh, he did not record a stat his first three years in the NFL. Nope. He had some some medical issues. Absolutely. It's and it was an, I believe an emergency appendectomy. Yes. And then he, I, I, I believe um, he so there were complications with infections to where there were cysts in his stomach. Yeah. And and he was just unable to get on the field. Yeah, he yeah. had he had four abscesses in his stomach. Is Nearly what, what it led to. Yeah. They, they, so just the fact that he was even able to make it to Jacksonville. And and yeah. by the way, that those abscesses caused him to miss the Super Bowl. He did not play. He wasn't even in the stadium on that Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's just hell of a story. Once he got to Jacksonville, the rest was history. You want to get into a little bit of that, Hunter? With just, I mean, we we've just got to share I, with you I, some of these two, numbers. Two words before I get started. Two words: Andre Risen. <laughs> so a lot of you probably don't know this, but Andre Risen was supposed to be the Jaguars. Jimmy Smith. He was supposed to be Jimmy, Jimmy Smith, Smith, and he flat out wasn't. He was an erratic type of player. Wouldn't run the right routes. Was all about himself, but. We'll get into not Andre Rise, and we'll get into some of the just amazing things that Jimmy Smith did numbers-wise as a Jaguar. Uh, first off, when he retired, he retired seventh in the league with catches and eleventh seventh in, in NFL history. history, history, and eleventh in history with yards, which is ridiculous. And a run-first system, yes. with the Jaguars, yes, very run-heavy in a league that a three-thousand-yard passer was. Fairly that was ultra rare. For all of you who listen to this podcast who only know modern NFL, late 90s and early 2000s football was dominated by the run. That's all it was. Mark yeah. Brunell set the record with 20 touchdowns? Yep. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Prior to Blake Bortles throwing 35 touchdown passes last and year. And Gerard. 20 was And crazy. Gerard <laughs> passing him late in Gerard's career. Yeah. Brunell held the Jaguars record and For it was 20 so touchdown long. passes. Yeah. Like, the, the league was just different, and so were the Jaguars back I then. mean, here's his stats. NFL records, he ha- held the most games with five receptions. Every single game in 2001 um, has been broken by Antonio Brown. I mean, great receiver. Stud. Most consecutive games with at least five receptions is 21. He has the most games with at least 50 yards receiving, which is 16 straight games. Um, I mean, he holds every single receiving record in franchise history – Including most thousand yard uh, seasons, most hundred yard season, um, most receiving yards in a season, most receptions in a season, most receiving touchdowns in career history, most career receptions, and most career receiving yards. I mean, I'll, ridiculous. I'll, I'll remind you in 1999, which was the fourth straight year that the Jaguars had had a playoff appearance, Jimmy Smith helped our team as an offense be the best in the NFL. How many touchdowns as, a, as an offense that year did it take to be the best in the NFL? I'll tell you. I'll give you a hint. It was under 10. Wow. Six touchdowns, 1,939 yards to be the best offense in the NFL. And we were, but, be, but, but largely in part because of Jimmy Smith. Absolutely. I mean, there was all sorts of studs on that offense, but Jimmy was on the top of the list. And... Um, Perhaps, and in my opinion, this is Jimmy Smith's greatest stat. He has nine seasons of over a thousand receiving yards. That is topped by only one Jerry Rice. Tim Brown tied with Jimmy, Jimmy on Smith. that. That's nine of eleven, by the way. Right. Like he only huge. he only had eleven seasons that he played in as a pro, and he as, had nine one. Well, no, as a pro, he did not play oh, he, okay, for the Cowboys yeah, or the Eagles. He only played in 11 seasons, and he had nine 1,000-yard years. And it's just incredible uh, that only Jerry Rice has topped that. Yeah. No, it's I, when, when, when you're looking up and no one is above you but the greatest to ever play this game, yeah. that's something special. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. And as much as I'd love to talk about Jimmy the rest of the show, we've got to move on. Yeah. Uh, we're going to look around the AFC South really, really quickly. Uh, the Texans lost to the Packers last week. They're now 6-6. Six and six. They play the Colts, who after beating the sh- crap out of the Jets, are now 6-6. Six and six. So they're both tied for the division lead. 
and they'll square off in Indy this week. That'll be a huge matchup. For us. Not for us, <laughs> but for the rest of the, <laughs> the, rest of the league. Yeah. And for the rest of the league, absolutely. And then you've got the Titans. They're coming off their bye week. They play at home against a Broncos team who can't stop the run very well. And the Titans run the ball just about better than anybody in the NFL. So you've got a three-way tie at the top of the AFC South and just a really interesting division um, aside from us, obviously. Uh, We're going to really quickly get into a player that, now that the Jaguars have been eliminated in the playoffs, a player that you might be interested in at the top of the draft this year. Mm. Let's start with Grant. And we uh, gotta move through this really quickly. Yeah, yeah. You, no, no. I don't need no. I don't need much time. Cam Robinson. You know, we're we're projected to have that third pick. Look, I mean, we look at you know, Kelvin Beecham's holding his own on the left, but I look at the right. Jeremy Parnell has been a huge yeah. disappointment. He could definitely be replaced. Cam Cam Robinson, six foot six and a half, three hundred and twenty six <laughs> pounds. Alabama. You know, uh, uh, Alabama. I'm not whatever. That as a negative Alabama, thing but you know Just what? letting the this know. is this is a really weak offensive tackle class. And Robinson is considered one of the top, if not the top tackle in the class. Yeah, I mean, and and you he's look a stud. at yeah, I mean he, he he's he could be the next Russell Okun, Ryan Clady type. He's definitely a top half of the first round kind of guy, and I wouldn't mind us you know taking him at five. I really or at three, excuse me, as as it plays out right now. Yeah, you know, I mean he's he has so much power. And that's what we're lacking on the right side. He could be one of the best right tackles ever. Yeah, I think that would be a great selection at number three for us. Who do you got, Scott? Um, I mean, if the stars align and, and the clouds burst open and there's a, there's a bright light just shining on my face, Miles Garrett. But to me, I think that's out of, out of reach. So I'm going to take a guy who we need, we need somebody who can affect the quarterback. We need some. We need somebody who can get to where we we don't get a lot of sacks. We got guys who can pressure. Um, Derek Barnett is a guy that I see that can do just about everything. Derek Barnett at Tennessee, Tennessee defensive, defensive end, end a, yeah. a pass rush guy. Um, he's a little. It's gonna. I, I I'm going off of what, what I've seen just live football. I haven't actually. Started watching. Yeah, I mean, prospects it's totally right there, reasonable to not study yet. To me, get somebody who can affect the game, and just to me, pass rusher and quarterback are the two most important positions on the field in today's football. And keep drafting them until you hit. Yeah, I don't blame you there. How about you, Hunter? I'm actually going with Miles Garrett. Miles um, Garrett, it, yeah. and I don't think it's unreasonable. I don't to think that he could be there. I hope I'm like you. I don't guys. either. I hope. All right. Um, I mean, I think it's very possible, and he's an amazing player. I feel like the description of him is too long, even for this podcast, of what he's done right. in his career. But it's coincidental that Charlie Bernstein, national NFL columnist for Football Insiders, tweeted about an hour ago that Miles Garrett actually said. If, capital letters, he goes pro, he wants to be a top three pick yeah, right. and would love if. to play for the Jaguars. Not sure if it's some kind of Alfie joke going on or whatever. <laughs> oh, God, but don't even get me started All I know on that is clown. if that's true and we get Miles Garrett in the top three, that means we have two consecutive drafts with players that want to be here and are going to play for the, for the city. So Absolutely. I'm all in on Miles Garrett. That's I, my choice for this I one. I hope you are right. Yeah, it'd be great if we could attain Miles Garrett. If we can't, Jonathan Allen might be sitting there for us right there. Yeah. Roll We've time, got roll. two Alabama roll fans time, over here talking their crap. But in all <laughs> seriousness, Jonathan man. Allen is the type of guy that could play the five tech. He could play outside end. He could play inside. He can do it all in the defensive line. And he's a guy that would look really nice oh, yeah. lined up next to Malik Jackson. Mm-hmm. I, I could see him replacing Alo Alo and Jared Audrick. Easily. Well, yeah. We can get into who would be replacing and whatnot. But he's a guy that will affect the game in his rookie season. I have no question of like that. Like We have to really quickly move into our Jaguars-Vikings preview. Yeah. Uh, we have not a lot of time left. But look, the Vikings are similar to the Broncos who we played last week. Their offense... Is crap. They yeah. have the worst running game in football. They're averaging three yards per carry. 
Um, they don't put a lot of points on the board, but they're bailed out, and unfortunately for them, they haven't been bailed out a lot lately. But to start the season, they started out 5-0, and and a lot of that was based on their defense. Their defense is a team that can get after the quarterback big time. They've got Danielle Hunter, Everson Griffin, and Brian Robeson all over six sacks. Hunter has nine and a half. These guys can really get after the passer. And uh, fortunately for the Jaguars, they have an offensive line who, despite playing the number one <laughs> sack, the number one team in the NFL in terms of sack for the last two weeks, two weeks ago they played the Bills. Last week they played the Broncos. At the time they played them, both of them were number one in the NFL in sacks. They only gave up three sacks between both games, and they've really been playing well as a unit in terms of protecting the passer. So if the Jaguars' offensive line can neutralize that pass rush, it'll go a long way. But we all know what it comes down to with the Jaguars. Can Blake Bortles protect the football? No, I mean, that's the question every single game. And it's going to be tough to do against a Vikings defense that is opportunistic and likes to pick the ball off. They have 12 interceptions. Uh, It's going to be tough... Every single game the Jaguars play, it doesn't matter who they're playing against, it's going to be tough because Blake Bortles loses the game, honestly, quite often for the team right now. Right now, we're our own worst enemy. Right, and uh, Blake Bortles versus Blake Bortles is always the number one matchup for the Jaguars right now. And if, if he can find a way to not turn the ball over, the Jaguars should beat the Vikings. Absolutely. There's no... But... Is that going to happen? We don't know. I mean, probably not. Let's be real. The Vikings' offense is not as good as the Denver's on paper. Yeah. I, I, they have a better quarterback. Paxton Lynch is Yeah, Sam garbage. Bradford is better than Paxton Lynch, obviously. He's better than Trevor Simeon, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion, too. And he's only thrown three interceptions on the year. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars aren't good at turning the ball over. Defensively, so they do not go down. It's going to be tough for the Jaguars to to force the issue defensively in terms of getting getting turnovers against a Vikings team that just doesn't turn the ball over very often. And uh, it's 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 going to be tough for Bortles again. He's facing Xavier Rhodes, he's, who's a stud cornerback. Terrence Newman who's just one of the consummate pros of our time at cornerback. Obviously not having Harrison Smith is huge. That's, that's that a, is the best news I've gotten. That breaks their back. Right yeah, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's an all-pro. He is the, the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, but they've got a lot of other they talented of players that are going to be out there. So it's going to be tough for Bortles. It's going to be tough for the Jaguars' offense. Uh, Thankfully, Chris Ivory looks like he's going to be returning to health this week. Good. That could help them out greatly. Um, missing Hearns and Thomas, though, is not going to be helpful for this Jaguars offense, and it's going to be rough. For the Jaguars defense, like we said, the Vikings offense is not very good. They Just don't do put up doing. a lot of points. If the Jaguars defense continues to do what they do, they can even force one turnover. It could be huge in this ballgame. Yeah, if, if, I mean, that's a lot to ask, though. We it haven't is. done it. It's a, it's a lot to ask for a team that has averaged far less than one turnover per game yeah. defensively. Um, it's not an easy task, and like we said earlier, you might have missed it. The Vikings have lost six of seven games. The Jaguars have lost lot. seven of seven games. <laughs> Neither of these teams is playing good football, and the crazy thing about it is each team is in almost every game they play. This is a definitely a winnable game. Yeah, I mean, if we don't get in our own, if we just if we, if we don't get in our own way, it's a game on paper. We, we have every chance in the world. We to, need to, we to need fall. we need our pools full of bikinis to distract the Vikings <laughs> for this game. Yeah, I mean that would be nice. That would certainly be a nice home field advantage. Exactly. Uh, we also certainly need. Our fans to show up. We need yep. to lock down the bank. Uh, I doubt it's going to happen. I honestly don't have faith in you fans right now. But uh, so for w- Jimmy, just least. show up. You know, Jimmy Smith is getting inducted into the Pride of the Jaguars. There's going to be a ton of former players, ton of just there's really awesome, talented former players. There's awesome tailgates if you look around at you know yeah. like like Adams and and 
uh, that area. Brian and Adams. <laughs> Brian yeah. and Adams. I mean, just wander over. You might find something cool. Yeah, so um, come on over. Lock down the bank with us. Have a good time. Enjoy some Metro Diner. Enjoy some Carb Vodka, Bold City Brewery oh. beers. We've got Killer Whale, Duke's Brown Ale, Mad Manatee. We've got it all over there. Green Room Green Brewing. Yep. Oh. We've got... Uh, Beers from Bricks Tap House as well. It's going to be a rocking tailgate. It always is. And uh, hopefully we can have a rocking environment inside the stadium as well. Um, again, this has been the Generation Jaguar podcast. That's going to pretty much do it for us. We've got Scott Klein at Scott Klein one on Twitter. Hunter Evans at Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven on Twitter. We've got Grant Gunderson at Bold City G underscore and myself, Jordan Belugo, at Jordan Belugo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure to go check out our website, genjag.com. We've got the latest news and analysis plus information about our fan group. And make sure to follow Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar and on Twitter at Generation Jag. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Good. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.